This is our second year on Good Friday, considering the seven sayings of the Savior on the cross. A.W. Pink has a book by the same title, and he walks through these seven sayings. In the second saying uh, that we read just a few moments ago, the word of salvation from Luke chapter 23, verses 39 through 43 One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. As we consider this word of salvation, Jesus speaks to the thief. It would be appropriate that we would take a moment to consider the thief. To be clear, this is not a passage that is a comparison between a good thief and a bad thief. In fact, in Matthew's account, in Matthew chapter 27, it says, So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. He's the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in his name. He trusts in God, let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. The thieves, both of them, joined in mocking Jesus. This is the prime example of a deathbed confession. It's the deathbed confession of a man that up until the moment that he turns to Jesus to say a word of plea to him, Up to that moment, he was a mocker and an enemy of God. Name one righteous deed that the thief brings into the kingdom of God. Not one righteous deed before he turns to the Christ. And the only deed that remains for that man is to die. The thief is the example for us of what salvation looks like for the unrighteous. And of course, Scripture teaches us that there is none righteous. No, not one. You see, Jesus hangs alone on that cross. He's between two criminals, two sinners, two who are unrighteous. But this would be true no matter who hangs beside Jesus. Jesus has no true companions. He alone dies as the righteous man. He alone knows what it is to suffer for the sins of another's unrighteousness. The thief is given to us to tell us something about our own unrighteous condition beside the Savior. 
according to the sovereign design of God, Jesus hangs there between these two themes. And he hangs there for a simple reason. Isaiah 53. He poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for transgressors. Not only does Jesus' death between sinners tell us something of our sinful condition, it tells us something of our Savior's disposition toward us, but it also tells us something of our disposition toward the Savior apart from faith. Last week, last Sunday, we were in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. In that verse, it says, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. According to the flesh, that is, apart from faith, we too would number Jesus as yet another transgressor. We would revile him. Jesus hangs there between thieves because on that day, the righteous one was counted as a thief. This is the most clear, the most visual statement that Jesus is our substitute. There should have been one more thief hanging there on that day. That thief was worse than either of the scoundrels who hung on the either side of Jesus, for that thief is me. For I have robbed God of the glory and obedience and thanksgiving that is due to the king of creation. But the king of kings hangs there between thieves in my place. He becomes the thief that I might become the righteousness of God. Look at Jesus again, hanging there next to a thief, on the cross, bleeding, dying, beaten, and marred, Jesus is the least desirable if it were not for salvation. How? How on that day did Jesus become for the thief a savior, a lord, and a treasure, beaten, mocked, and dying Jesus, a thief's treasure. A.W. Pink. How can we explain the fact that this dying thief took a suffering, bleeding, crucified man for his God? There was no standing there No one standing there proclaiming the glories and the benefits of Jesus there at the crucifixion. There was no preacher there standing declaring the the glorious benefits of Christ to the thief. There was only a crucified Jesus. All the disciples had abandoned Jesus. This scene comes before the unnatural darkness that covered the land. It's it's before the tearing of the curtain in the temple. This scene is before Jesus, Jesus breathes his last breath, before Jesus commits his spirit into the hands of the Father or his cry, it is finished. 
It's before the centurion cries out, certainly this man was innocent. This thief has nothing to offer to Jesus. And Jesus in that moment has nothing to draw the thief to him. But this, that the spirit of God quickened the thief's heart so that he makes a simple request. The most simple statements of faith. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. There is utterly no explanation for the thief's request except this, that the sovereign call of God has brought light to a heart that was so recently in darkness. Brothers and sisters, this is how we too must come to Jesus. We come to him bringing nothing. We have to understand this or we do not truly understand what repentance is. We have to understand that when we see Jesus with eyes of faith, we confess that up to that moment, there is no righteousness that compels Jesus to love us. There's no reason why Jesus should turn to us in grace and mercy. And we must secondly acknowledge that faith is a gift from God. It is grace that we desire Jesus at all when so recently we reviled him. There's nothing in ourselves that makes us so unique that we are the ones who turn to Jesus when so few others do. And third, When we come to Jesus, we come to him for who he is. And who he is, is a crucified redeemer. We turn to a bloodied, sacrificed lamb of God. And on the cross, in that condition, in that exchange, On the cross, Jesus gives blessed assurance. I wept when I wrote this part of the sermon, just looking at the words that Jesus says. What a sublime, glorious sound to hear. It's as though I could hear his words in my mind, in the words that are recorded for us truly. I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Brothers and sisters, are there better words for us to hear? Are there better words that have ever been spoken to a person that up until that moment was lost? What a gracious kindness, kindness, mercy, grace, that Jesus begins with words, truly, I say to you, truly, he turns to a thief who deserved to be crucified and says comforting, assuring, blessed words. Jesus' words to the thief on the cross are one of the 
clearest statements of God's dispensation, that is, his gift of grace, that is of his own free sovereign mercy that that shows up throughout the whole of Scripture. Jesus' words are free, unmerited grace and kindness. Jesus' words are a grace-filled answer to the question, where do we go when we die? The thief makes a, a request of faith, remember me. And Jesus gives him confidence, assurance, encouragement as one who was dying in the thief's place of where he would go when he dies. I'm reminded of just a few weeks ago in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Blessed assurance, today you will be with me in paradise. In light of this word of salvation, I would call us to two things. The first is this. Pray for the lost and don't stop praying. There is no hope but that God would quicken their heart. In Jesus, truly, there is therefore hope today for the one who is lost in their sin in their lack of faith, in their not yet turning to the Christ. They could still be in a moment of reviling. And God can quicken the heart so that they turn with a new creation faith. Remember me, Jesus. That's what we pray for. And secondly, pray for your soul. Look to Jesus and say the simple words, Jesus, remember me. We know what Jesus has to remember about us. The thief certainly knew what Jesus could remember about him. He has a lifetime, a whole lifetime's history of unrighteousness, even recent words of mocking to the one that he says, remember me. What is he saying? In your mercy, grace, kindness, power, and kingdom, remember me. Pray for your soul that you would also know the mercy and grace and kindness. A prayer of repentance and a prayer of faith. And hear these words. Let Jesus' word wash over us today. Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. In recent weeks, it's been jarring to me. How many are suffering alone in hospital rooms around the world today? And I've asked many times in recent weeks, is there any comfort for them? Is there any hope? 
Can anybody hear their suffering? And I am reminded of a thief dying alone on a cross upon whom the Lord had the most assuring and merciful of truths to share with that man. Listen, Christian, when you have turned to the Lord for comfort, hear these words. There is no place you can go. There is no suffering you can endure. There is no loneliness in which you will find yourself that these words, if this is your last day on earth, will fail to be true. Jesus turns to you to say, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Before we turn again in worship, just a few moments ago, we sang the words, how deep the Father's love for us. And we sang together, behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have recorded for us the day that you heard a man's simple cry of repentance and faith. Remember me. We know, Lord, that the way that you remember us is through the Messiah's sacrifice so that our sins are remembered no more, and and by your grace, righteousness covers us, washes us, and presents us wholly before the Father, so that we can with confidence rejoice that salvation has been accomplished. Thank you, Lord, for this word of salvation For your mercy and grace, we thank you and we praise you. Even in these few moments in song, we praise you. In Jesus, the name of the Savior, Jesus, in his name we pray. Amen.